What's up, everybody? Marcus Grant here from NFL Network, and you are listening to Jay, the Fantasy Football Plug, on the Fantasy Football Plug podcast. Get plugged up, everybody. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Tune in. This is where it's at. The Fantasy Football Plug podcast. You know that we got it popping. Oh, yeah, that's apparent. Got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish. Yeah, tune in. You already know what's up. They call him the Fantasy Football Plug. It's time to turn it up. I bet you can't get enough. Got him bouncing like they in Louisiana, huh, bruh? Hey, the Fantasy Football Plug podcast. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. I am here with Marcus Grant. Welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for being on. How are we doing? We're good. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, I, I know it's, it's a huge weekend for a lot of folks, so uh, glad I can get my last tips in before, before the season starts. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate you being here. I know you're busy with everything going on. I, I personally wish we would have waited to do our draft this weekend <laughs> with everything going on, but... Um, but yeah, I mean, let's just get right into it. I'm, I'm very big on, you know, of course, always fantasy football oriented. But my my thing is, I kind of want to know a little bit more about the person, Marcus Grant. How, what what made you get started in this industry? Um, it, it was not planned. Uh, it was sort of an accident that I ended up here. I, I spent a long time working in radio, uh, sports radio in various forms. Uh, I did I did minor league baseball play-by-play for a couple of years. I worked for a series of like low-power AM sports talk stations up and down the Central Valley of California for a while. Uh, I, I worked, uh, I was lucky enough to work for a national radio network, what, what was then Sporting News Radio. They have changed their name multiple times since I left there. I don't even know what they're called now anymore, but um, I I worked there for a while. And then after about a year and a half of being there, the company got sold to a guy who, uh, he was from Houston. So he wanted to move his operation closer to Houston, which look, when you're you're the guy writing the checks, you can make that decision. Um, You know, so I I did not follow. I stayed in Los Angeles. And so spent about uh, almost a full year uh, just kind of unemployed freelance writing, uh, just kind of you know, trying to make ends meet wherever. And the uh, a, a former co-worker and friend who had been working sort of part-time at the NFL suggested I hit them up because he's like, they're always looking for people, especially seasonally, give them a shot, see what they're going to do. So this was back in 2011. And if you remember at that time, there was a lockout going on yeah. and there was real concern as to whether or not there was going to be a season. Nobody really knew how things were going to go, but um, you know, at the time I was busy just sitting on my couch and, you know, smoking weed and watching SVU reruns. So I went on their website and I applied for about five or six jobs, uh, some of which I was not uh, qualified for. But I was like, you know, whatever, just shoot my shot. And after I actually had forgotten about it because a couple months went by because, again, you know, we didn't know if they were going to play football. So after a couple months, I had kind of forgotten about it. I got a call from Michael Fabiano, who at the time was, you know, the, the lead fantasy guy at the NFL. And uh, he asked if I wanted to interview for the job. Uh, I said, does it pay? He said, yeah. I said, sure. So I, I went in and uh, the night before the interview, I read like a week's worth of his content. Um, and I basically regurgitated his own information back to him. Uh, got right. the job. Got the job. And so here I am. All these years later, I'm I'm, I'm about to start my tenth season with the NFL, which is the longest that I have ever been at any one job uh, ever in my life. I, I never, like I said, I, I never thought I would be. I never thought of this as a career. Uh, but here I am, and it's been a fun ride. 
Fantastic, man. That's awesome. Congrats on your 10th year, bud. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so how long have you been playing fantasy football? Sounds like, you know, you've been doing this for about 10 years. Is that when you started? No, I actually started. It's funny. I started uh, my first fantasy league was I was a freshman in college. I'm going to I'm going to date myself a little bit here. I, um, my freshman year in college back in 1994 was the first time I ever played fantasy football. Um, I was working at the student radio station at USC and one of the seniors there he had a league that he ran and so he asked uh, a bunch of us freshmen if we wanted to get involved wanted to jump in so me and a couple friends we got together and decided to we would share one team um i mean i knew the basics of fantasy football i had never played to that point but we all felt like well we know a lot about football so how hard can this be so the three of us got together uh we showed up at this guy's apartment for the draft um and i remember our first pick that year was dan marino which, you know, it sounds crazy now to pick a quarterback in the first round, but at the time it was pretty commonplace. I mean, we hadn't, we hadn't evolved draft theory that far. Uh, so we, we drafted Dan Marino. I remember our team, I don't remember who else we had. I remember our team being fairly mediocre. Um, I do remember the one, the one girl we had in the league who uh, was by chance the girlfriend of the commissioner. She was from the Boston area and she loaded up because she didn't really know any players besides Patriots at the time. Uh, and look, this was 94, like the Patriots weren't great. They, they were a mediocre at best team then, but she loaded up with, she had Drew Brees, uh, she had Ben Coates at tight end. I think she had Curtis Martin. And those three guys actually smashed that year. And her team actually were, we laughed, we're like, we're like you're drafting Patriots, they're not even that good. Like the team's not even that good, what are you doing? And she drafted those three guys and they smashed. I remember she like ran us over at one point during the regular season. Uh, I'm pretty sure her, her team made the playoffs and our team did not. Uh, and she and I are still friends to this day, you know, 25 years later, basically. And she does not let me forget the fact uh, that, you know, here I am, I'm working for the NFL doing fantasy football, but she smoked me when we played uh, as freshmen in college. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, you're, you're the big analyst. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, I'm sure a lot of people would like to hear, and I'm, I'm, you know, watching the show, I've heard it a couple of times, but uh, I've got some new followers and viewers and stuff out there. So that are really getting into the fantasy football thing. How do you, how do you like to draft? What kind of draft strategy do you like to employ? I, what, what I generally try to tell people is like, I sort of be like the amoeba, right? Just sort of be, be ready to adjust to any situation because I feel like if you go into a draft with one set strategy, um, you know, it, a lot of times that strategy is dependent upon what the people around you are doing. So if, if, if people uh, aren't really following what you need them to do, then it's hard. You know, like, I like to say, wait on a quarterback, right? But um, if not everybody's waiting on a quarterback, you're going to be disappointed. Um, you know, if, if I know people want to say, you know, the zero RB is a thing where you wait a few rounds uh, before you pick your first running back. Well, that's cool if a lot of other people or at least a few other people are waiting to draft their first running back. If you're waiting on a running back and everybody else is taking one, then you're not going to like your options in the middle of the draft. So uh, my advice is just look, be prepared sort of for anything. Um, I, that's why I say, you know, during the, the offseason, do as many mock drafts as possible. Draft with as many different levels of, of fantasy players as possible, right? I mean, I think you know, for, for people who are new to the sport or new to the game, um, you know, try to find some more advanced drafters to at least do mock drafts with, right? So you can kind of see how they do it. I say for, for people like myself, people who are in the fantasy industry and who, who do a lot of mock drafts and who play in a lot of leagues, 
um, I say it's go go out and draft with people who aren't as experienced because it is it is sort of a, a head spinning uh, experience to go and draft with people who don't do this regularly. Right? Right? When when you are used to seeing quarterbacks not come off the board regularly until like the eighth or ninth round, to be in a league where suddenly there are like three quarterbacks gone in the second round, um, it will change your perspective on things. So I think the more the more mock drafts you do, the more experience you have, I think the more ready you are for pretty much any situation. Right. No, very smart. Absolutely. Yeah, I started doing tons of mock drafts before the season. And since I started doing this Instagram thing and become like trying to become an analyst myself and doing everything that I've been doing, I mean, we just we did so many mocks and so many like fourteen teams, sixteen teams. I did one that was a twenty team for the hell of it. And it was it was just insane. But you're absolutely right. I'm I'm big on drafting a quarterback late. I, I like drafting running back, running back if I can, just try and get the top, you know, as as good a running backs as possible and stack on top of that. But I mean, you never know. That's one thing I love about it is it's just things just start happening and you've got to think on the fly because like if a, if a quarterback run happens, I mean. What are you going to be left with? In which I'm okay with Gardner Minshew, but I mean, if that's your quarterback one, might be a little bit scary, if you ask me. But um, so, I uh, today a lot of stuff's been happening, man. Fournette <laughs> ended up going to the uh, the Bucks. Um, what do you think? How do you think that's going to play out down there? I know they just let go of. Um, forgive me, I cannot pronounce his last name. Dare Dare Ogunbowale. Dare Ogunbowale. Say that again. Ogan Bowale. Ogan Bowale. Man, when you say you've got one of those voices, man, for <laughs> Ogan Bowale. Ogan Bowale? Ogan Bowale. Yep. Ogan Bowale. Awesome. Perfect, man. <laughs> and they released him. So you've got McCoy, Fournette, God, Jones Jr., and um, and uh, Kishon Vaughn. Right. What, what do you think is going to play out down there? I mean, I, I, my fear is that all three or all four of those guys are going to be functionally unusable in fantasy this year and, and i was the guy who was big on ronald jones this year i thought this was going to be the year i said that look i full disclosure i am a usc alum uh and and ronald jones is a usc guy so when i say that I, I, a lot of people close to me immediately called me a homer so you know i will i will cop to that maybe a little bit but i also sort of liked all the reports i was hearing about him um the fact that he went out and he added some more muscle. He tried to get stronger. He tried to get in better shape. The fact that he was working on, on his hands, on his pass catching, on his route running. He was really trying to hone his game a little bit because I think he felt like there was an opportunity to be had there. Now that Fournette is there, now that LaShawn McCoy looks like he's going to be the third down back, uh, if we go back on what, what Bruce Arians did last year with his running backs, they pretty much had a pretty even three-way split between, uh, at the time, Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, and, and Dare Ogunbowale. This year, I think that three-way split is, is going to be potentially between Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and LaShawn McCoy. And maybe you get some Keyshawn Vaughn sprinkled in, which probably makes the situation even worse. Um, so I was really excited when I was drafting Ronald Jones in the fifth or sixth round, thinking that he potentially was going to be the lead back there in Tampa. Uh, now I'm not so excited about it because I just feel like all these guys are going to sort of cannibalize each other's opportunities. It's one of those things where in, in real football, having that many options is great because it forces the defense to pay attention to a number of different guys. In fantasy, we want clarity. We want just a, a narrow option to choose from. And I think we have sort of lost that now with Tampa. And I think this backfield becomes so muddy that I, I, I would 
uh, had had this happened like a few weeks ago uh, when we had a lot more time in draft season, I would have started to back away from this backfield. I mean, at this point, um, a lot of my drafts are done, but if you're still drafting, this might be one that you kind of are hands off on. Yeah, absolutely. I was a big, when I first started again, I, I, after the draft, I got, I got into this from being furloughed from work because of COVID. Business was slow, so my wife, God bless her, She's upstairs right now. She's, uh, she's been backing me very much with this. So um, started the podcast and the draft happened. And I thought, oh, man, Keshawn Vaughn's going to be that guy. I just thought I knew it. And, I, man, I pushed and pushed and pushed. And now this happened and everybody's reaching out and being like, dude, you were wrong. I'm like, well, not everybody. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, I'm staying away from it. Even if I was drafting tomorrow, if Fournette was in the later rounds, like, I don't know, like ridiculous something. I, I might look at him, but yeah, you're right. I'm staying away from that backfield now. Um, Adrian Peterson found that man. I, I tried to make sure I was uh, releasing these videos as quickly as possible. <laughs> I, I at like 7:30, you can see my eyes are all still boogery and gross. Always <laughs> in this video about it, and I'm like, man, I've been pushing for Antonio Gibson and Bryce Love to be the guys there. Now that he's gone. I mean, I, I think that they've got a good shot, of course, but I'm just still kind of up in the air and who might be that guy. Do you have any insights on that? Well, I, I think what's funny is the, what I call the hype bunny fantasy life cycle. Antonio Gibson's going to hit the whole range right now where, you know, back after the, the NFL draft uh, at the end of April, people were saying, well, hey, this guy could be, you know, a potential late round sleeper. He's got some value as both a receiver and a, and a running back. You know, he, he might be worth taking a late shot on. Then, you know, the Darius Geis release happened uh, a few weeks ago and suddenly you see Gibson's ADP rise up a little bit and people are thinking, well, hey, you know, maybe this is really worth taking a shot at, right? And then you see his ADP get into the eighth or ninth round. Now this morning, you know, that was the first thing I saw. I wake up, uh, I turn off the alarm, I grab my phone, I scroll Twitter, and immediately I see the Adrian Peterson news and was like, wow. And and no surprise, um, fantasy Twitter was kind of going nuts with it because it seems like the all the obstacles now or most of the obstacles have been removed to Antonio Gibson being on the field consistently. And so I feel like now um, by the end of Labor Day weekend, I feel like Antonio Gibson's uh, ADP is going to rise into the you know, fifth, fourth round. I, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple people take shots at him in the third round. I just think the hype is going to be that extreme. But I do think we shouldn't completely forget about Bryce Love, um, you know, who basically had a red shirt year after getting injured his final year at Stanford, missing all of last year, uh, and now finally getting his way back on the field. For all intents and purposes, Washington is going to roll with basically two rookies, right? Because Bryce Love hasn't actually played in the NFL football. You're, you're going with essentially two rookies in your backfield. We have no idea exactly how the division of labor is going to shake out. I like Antonio Gibson. I loved him a lot more when I was drafting him in the 12th round versus having to get him in, say, the fifth or sixth round. Right. Uh, and so now that love kind of shifts to Bryce Love. No, no pun intended. It kind of shifts to Bryce Love uh, because he has kind of taken up that role, right? being the late round guy that should get a lot of opportunity in that offense so I, I think it's going to be a split committee um i'm curious to see which one of these guys seizes the opportunity the most but if we're just talking about at draft cost i think suddenly uh antonio gibson seems like he is a little bit more pricey than i want and bryce love seems to be that guy that has a little bit better potential value right absolutely I, it's kind of the if i know they're not the players that these two I'm about to bring up are, um, as far as we know so far, because I mean, you're absolutely right. Bryce Love hasn't had an opportunity just yet. 
Um, it's just like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Mm -hmm. Everybody calls me insane for saying wait and get Kareem Hunt because yep. in PPR league, you know, you know I've, I'm not in really any standard leagues. It's all PPR. Um, that just seems to be the norm lately. But right. it, I would rather wait on a Kareem Hunt who they were neck and neck whenever, whenever Hunt came in those final eight games in PPR points. Now, if it was standard, Nick Chubb 100%. Mm -hmm. But with Kareem Hunt there, you know, I would rather wait for the value of Hunt a couple couple rounds later and see if I can reach for somebody else uh, instead of Nick Chubb. What do you what do you, how do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, no, I, I think you're completely right. I think what we saw at the end of last year, right? I mean, after Hunt came back from his suspension, he played those final eight games. Um, he he completely ate into Nick Chubb's target share there, and and it really kind of you know, depressed his his fantasy production. And I think you're going to see that over the course of the year. Um, so because of that, I, I said early on that I didn't think Nick Chubb was going to finish as a top 10 running back. And I think the the draft cost, the draft capital has sort of caught up to that, that he's not being drafted as a top 10 running back anymore. Um, I think it's also sort of a reminder for people who play in PPR leagues that uh, the value of a catch, the value of a target rather in, in PPR leagues uh, is worth two to three times as much as the value of a carry, because not only do you get those yards, you get that point for the reception itself. So that, that already sort of uh, increases your value there. So because of that, if you are Kareem Hunt, you don't need quite as many touches as Nick Chubb potentially to score a similar number of fantasy points. So I'm, I'm sort of with you on that. Uh, I wouldn't mind taking that shot at Kareem Hunt, but, it, but if, if anything else, it has has prevented me from drafting Nick Chubb at his general ADP. Right, right. Yeah, everybody calls me crazy, but I'm, I'm telling them, just wait. Somebody <laughs> in the Browns backfield, just wait. But I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of fading drafting either of them just because of most of the time somebody grabs Cream Hunt before I get an opportunity because there's somebody there that I'd rather have. But yeah, um, glad that we see eye to eye there. <laughs> I'm better about that. Um, so let me ask you a couple of real quick questions about uh, boom or bust. Do you have any specific wide receiver boom or bust candidates that you? Um, I mean, I think some of the, the easier ones. I mean, Terry McLaurin, I know, is one that's popular. I certainly like his opportunity. I mean, we, we talk about, you know, we talked about the, the backfield in Washington. Uh, aside from McLaurin, nobody else has a set opportunity or a set role in that offense. But we know McLaurin's going to get plenty of targets. And last year, whether it was Case Keenum or Dwayne Haskins, he was productive. I mean, they are going to continue to pepper him with targets because they don't really have a second consistent wide receiving option there. So he's one I like. I think this is a huge year potentially for Calvin Ridley. Um, I know I've, I think some people are like, well, he already sort of broke out. And I'm like, well, yeah, but I think he can break out even more this year because right. the, the Falcons are going to throw the ball a ton. We already know he seems to have a nose for the end zone. The targets are going to be there. The yards are going to be there. So I, I think Calvin Ridley's one. And a guy that I have lo loved in the middle rounds um, has been Michael Gallup. Uh, who I have who I have repeatedly joked jokingly called the Jan Brady of fantasy football because when you talk about the Cowboys, <laughs> there's Amari Cooper on one side, there's CD Lamb on the other, and you got Michael Gallup right there in the middle, but you look at what he did last year. I mean, his his overall production was neck and neck with Amari Cooper. Mm -hmm. uh, the difference is I felt like Gallup gave you a safer week-to-week -week floor. I, I don't want to ride the Amari Cooper roller coaster. Like, I love the 200-yard 200, the 200 games. I yeah. don't like the following week when you get two catches for, like, 25 yards. I, I don't really want to have to deal with that week-to-week. -week. Uh, Michael Gallup can give me the same sort of numbers at the end of the season where I don't feel like I'm dealing with these peaks and valleys uh, each and every week with him. 
Right. Yeah. You can start them with confidence. If, if, I mean, I, I understand what you mean. I'm definitely, and, and if you look at the value too, just like I was saying with Hunt, I mean, you can wait on Gallup. Uh, his ADP is rising for sure, but I mean, you, yes. can, wait, you can wait on him um, as far as like jumping on Cooper that much earlier. So yeah, very, very smart. Um, how about your running backs, tight ends, any of them, anybody that you're fading? Uh, I mean, the, the easy running back fade for me has been Aaron Jones this off season. Um, and I, and I, I know when you look at it, you're like, well, he, he had like 1,500 yards and he had 19 touchdowns. And I'm like, yeah, he had 1,500 yards and 19 touchdowns. And like that is really hard to do again. I mean, I think somebody calculated uh, 36% of his fantasy points came from touchdowns last year. Right. And, and I look at it as even if, let's say that, that Aaron Jones, uh, for the sake of easy math, let's say he, he scores nine touchdowns this year, right? That's, that's 10 fewer touchdowns. That's 60 fewer fantasy points. That's a huge drop off right and that that is still assuming that everything else stays the same right that the receptions number stays the same that the yardage numbers stay the same um that's still 60 fewer points that drops him down you know that would have dropped him down from i think where he was third last year uh in, in uh, among running backs down to like eighth or ninth that, that's a pretty big swing then you throw in the fact that Jamal Williams is still going to get work probably between the 20s, especially catching the football. Uh, and then you've got A.J. Dillon, who they drafted, who who has legs that look like he stole from an elephant at a local what? zoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. And like he's going to he's going to get those carries he's gonna get those short yardage, those goal line carries. He's going to get those opportunities. So it just seems nearly impossible for Aaron Jones to duplicate what he did last year. Uh, it just it, it just seems really hard. Right. He's not going to get those goal line touches. Uh, and right now um the adp has fallen he was a, a late first round guy i think back in the late spring early summer that's kind of fallen to the second round but i think even there uh if if i'm looking at aaron jones versus maybe some other running backs or, or some you know some other wide receivers uh mm -hmm. in that spot i think i would rather have a guy like a miles sanders i would rather have you know a Kenyon drake if he's there still i would rather you know take a shot at a, at a wide receiver like uh you know a julio jones or somebody like that if he was there i just i have stayed completely away i don't think i have drafted Aaron Jones in any spots this year. I'm the same way, man. I, I had Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler right there, and I grabbed Eckler, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm so happy about it. Yep. Like, I'm, <laughs> I have no problems with that. And uh, everybody that was at the draft, well, not everybody, but a couple of guys that were at the draft, they're like, man, why didn't you grab Jones? This, that, and the other. I'm like, look, they all know me as I hate the word regression. I mean, <laughs> look, if you're if you're Christian McCaffrey and you blast out that, you know, you could have taken away his touchdowns and he's still the number one running back. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Of course, you might not hit that same. You know, of course, you're going to regress. But with Aaron Jones, I just don't see it with with like AJ Dillon with um, with everybody sleeping on Jamal Williams. Mm -hmm. Nobody, what is it about? Like nobody's talking about him, and man, he's he's put up like wide receiver one or wide receiver running back one weeks. Yeah, I mean he has. I, I think it's just look. I part of it is that you know in fantasy we love shiny new things, and AJ <laughs> Dillon is kind of the shiny new thing there in the in the Green Bay backfield. Uh, and then you know look, you, you can't you can't ignore Aaron Jones because he's the starter and he had just bananas numbers last year, and mm -hmm. so because of that. Um, it is, I think, to a lesser extent, sort of the Michael Gallup thing, right? That Jamal Williams is kind of the guy in between. Um, you know, he's not the starter. He's yeah, not the new guy on the block. So he's just sort of in the middle. And, and for that reason, he tends to get ignored in a lot of these conversations. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame, man, because he's got skills. He can ball out whenever he, want, whenever he gets an opportunity. I mean, he's good. Mm -hmm. um, how about your tight ends? Anybody you're fading? Anybody you're loving? 
Um, you know, it's funny because my my theory, my strategy for tight ends this year has been either you go early and, and you sort of pay that draft price to get a George Kill or a Travis Kelsey. Like I've been all over George Kittle this year. I think I think he becomes the number one tight end in fantasy. Oh. So I either I either pay up and get one of those those elite guys there, or I'm waiting until the later parts of the draft and I'm trying to get some of those upside guys. You know, um, I would say Hayden Hurst, although I think his ADP has gone up, so he's no longer in that category. But he yeah, is the guy. I love for sure. Yeah. Um, to the point that I think I've screwed myself in a couple of drafts. I've talked him up and then people have gone and, and snatched him before I could get there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love him. Uh, but we're talking about some of those late round guys that are still hanging around there, you know, the Mike Gasicki's, Blake Jarwin's, um, you know, yeah. uh, Johnu Smith, another one of those guys that I love. I've kind of gone there. The guys in the middle rounds, I tend to have stayed away from because when I've I've taken them there, if it's whether it's been a Hunter Henry, I have an Ingram, um, Tyler Higby to some extent. Although I, I was in a draft where Higby fell to like the eighth or ninth round, I was like, oh well, I can I can do it at that spot. Sure. Um, when I've drafted those guys though in the middle rounds, I just haven't liked the way my rosters have turned out, so I sort of have avoided them. Um, so it's like you know just. You know, I, I loved Hunter Henry's talent. He just has not popped yet, and I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year. Right. Um, you know, I, I just I just have not gone middle round tight ends. I've spent the, those middle rounds kind of really loading up on on wide receivers, maybe getting a quarterback somewhere in the, the, the fifth or sixth round because I, I like you know some of those guys there. Uh, just tight ends, I, I just I just haven't really loved them. I got you. Yeah, I, I you know I feel the same way. You, you either. And I kind of remember um, you and Rank talking about this before. You either invest early or you wait, and mm -hmm. that's that's what I've been in, in. You know, that's what I've been um, deploying in my in my in my drafting. I've uh, I've I've gone for Darren Waller just because I, I I mean I'm a big fan of drafting guys that I enjoy watching, as long mm -hmm. as it's at a good you know at a good spot. But um, I'm a, I'm a big fan in watching football, of course, and I want to I go for my guys is what I like to say is like I I've, I've talk to my listeners and stuff and tell them if there's a guy that you want that you just you just have to have on your team regardless if you think it's crazy go for it you got to yep. have fun with this stuff and you may be right you may make everybody look like complete asses for nothing <laughs> <laughs> you should have gotten later you know it's it's supposed to be fun that's one thing about fantasy football that i love that a lot of people have seemed to forget but um I, i'm with you though uh jack doyle is going damn near the very end of drafts and i think that Billy Rivers, man, he loves his tight ends. I could see him being some as long as he stays healthy. Just like Hunter Henry, if he stays healthy, and I think if Justin Herbert gets in there, um, wasn't Herbert's brother a tight end at? Uh, I think he was at Oregon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who who wouldn't you love throwing to if it was your brother, man? <laughs> Maybe that'll carry over. That makes me a little bit nervous though to see. You know, I'm not nervous about the backfield or anything like that, but to see who's going to be. The quarterback. They've got two great options. And what is it? Tarod? Is that what he likes to go by? Or is it Tyrod? So I remember that. Right. There, there was there was that that controversy, not controversy, but confusion whether he was Tarod or Tyrod. Uh, and so then people were trying to figure out what it was. And I think somebody asked them, "Well, what does your mother call you, right? Because whatever your mom calls you, that's what your right. name is." And then he was like, "Well, she says both." And it was like, "Well, that's no help at all." <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm very they call me Jason. What I mean. <laughs> Right. So like, you know, at that point, like I had been calling him Tyrod all this time. And so I'm like, I just, that's what I've, I've stuck with Tyrod. He's like, it's either way, whatever is fine. I'm like, all right, then that's, I'm staying with what I went with. <laughs> oh man. I'll tell you, you know what I do with all my guests and I hope you're having a good time on the show, man. Oh, absolutely. Um, I do a little bit of research. Okay. Something that I did look, you are a phenomenal writer. 
Oh, thank you. No, seriously, man. I, I was telling, I was talking to my wife about this and how I've got to find the rest of this. Okay, you wrote "Just Win, Baby" episode one. <laughs> Are there more? I do. I got to know what happens with Trent. You know what? I, it's funny you say that. I have not. I wrote a for for people who don't know. Uh, I, I I have written a couple of of screenplays and I wrote a pilot for. Uh, I called it "Just Win, Baby." The premise being. Uh, a a fantasy football analyst who ends up becoming the general manager of well what was then the Oakland Raiders I guess now the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, it's funny, so I'll, I'll give you a quick background on that. This was I remember being at uh, this is a, a friend's holiday party a few years ago. This was a while ago now. It's probably uh, you know six seven years ago. Being at a holiday party and talking to a guy and he asked me what I did. I was like, oh, I, I do fantasy football for the NFL and and you know we we sort of talked about it and you know. He was like, well, I don't really play fantasy football. I understand it. I'm just not into it. Um, he's like, but man, it's getting really smart. Man. Like, these, these people are doing a lot of really good work there. You know, I, could you imagine one day, uh, you know, maybe a team hiring one of these fantasy people to, to, to work in their front office? And I was like, huh, that's an interesting idea. So I did. I, I went down and I, I, I sat down and I wrote a screenplay, just a pilot for a, a, maybe a TV show or a, a webisode or whatever about... Um, uh, a, a, a fantasy analyst who gets hired as the GM of, of an NFL team. I feel like at the time when I wrote it, it seemed a little bit more far-fetched. I feel like with the way things are going and you have so many analytics people now working in NFL front offices, uh, it seems a little less ridiculous to think of this happening uh, you know, now in, in 2020 than it did when I wrote that in whatever it was, 2014, 2015, whenever that was. Uh, but I have not. I should. I should probably continue writing this, right? Yeah, I, I come on. But I, but I appreciate it. It's funny. I'm, I'm, it, that is so funny that you dug that up because I honestly haven't thought about that thing in years. I know it exists. I know it's like floating on the internet. I hadn't thought about it. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for reminding me of it. Indeed, though. man. Come <laughs> on, baby. we got to get that going I, I read it to my wife and i i set the stage like the way the way you wrote the script is everything perfect you know hotel room dimly lit and then as i mean you you paint a very good picture man you thank really, you thank you so much <laughs> seriously i'm an atl man oh you're in la right so i mean i'm mm -hmm. sure you can find plenty of people to play trends so i just gotta know what happens man i will you know what i'll keep working on it let's see that that has you have inspired me now i'll have to go and, and dig that back up and and, uh, and see if we can keep the story going a little bit i love it man i love it it's awesome um yeah i'm you know we're gonna be starting uh, my wife looked into classes and stuff for me to to learn basically what you do in mm -hmm. uh, journalism broadcast journalism and things mm -hmm. like that so while I, my crazy hours at work i'm going to start uh taking these classes i'm really looking forward to it. and i'm hoping one day to be where you're at cool man well good luck with that i would say this the one thing that is different for me now and, and like i get hit up by especially like a lot of a lot of people who are in high school or college looking to kind of break into this and, and the one thing i tell them that is different now versus when i was in in college way back in the, the late 1900s um is that um you have more opportunities, more access, right? Like the internet was still kind of a burgeoning thing right. back in the mid nineties, right? It was certainly not the overarching thing that it is now. And you know, YouTube was definitely not a thing. We did not have cell phone cameras. I mean, we barely had cell phones at all. So now there are so many more opportunities to go out and sort of work on these things and hone your craft and, and to do it 
in an arena where you can sort of make mistakes, right? Like you can do, you can do a podcast like this via Zoom, or you can do an IG story and you can kind of get your, your information out there, but you can also sort of work on your craft. Whereas, you know, before you had to sort of, you know, try to figure out a TV opportunity or a radio opportunity uh, in a situation where if you made mistakes or you said something colossally stupid, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it could potentially cost you a job. So here um, you can say something maybe kind of dumb and you yeah, Maybe you get Twitter roasted for it, but you can just mute the conversation and those people just go away at that point. So there, there are more opportunities for you to sort of hone your craft here. So I, that's what I tell people, take advantage of it. Use technology to your benefit to kind of get your practice and get your work in. Uh, the other part is just to kind of connect with people. I mean, that I, I know that sometimes, sometimes social media seems like it is more hassle than it's worth. I totally understand that, um, but it can also be good. And I know that, that one of the things being part of the, the fantasy community, uh, it is a very welcoming community people tend to be very uh you know for the most part people are very respectful uh and they're very willing to help they're very willing to to offer advice uh and constructive criticism uh, where it is necessary so uh, i would say to go out just reach out to those people interact with those people and, and best yet interact with them sort of on a human level too um you know i sometimes i get frustrated because uh it's it, it feels like people sort of treat us like fantasy ATMs, like fantasy advice ATMs, right. um, you know? So like, I, I am definitely more willing to interact with and talk to the people who sort of reach me on a, a more human level. Uh, and I guess definitely people who dig out my old screenplays and ask me how the story goes. Uh, so yeah, that's just a, just a little bit of, of advice for me there. Well, excellent, man. Thank you so much. I'm, I definitely want to try and help anybody who's looking to make a career out of this or anything and plus i'm learning myself as i go i've only been doing this for a few months now and um i really appreciate you coming on the show buddy i really do thank you so much marcus hey i appreciate the invitation and uh hey best of luck with the pod and everything you're doing uh, i hope everything works out for you and uh yeah it should should be a fun fit let's just let's just hope that this season goes smoothly uh i know it's going to be weird it's going to be the weirdest season probably of our lifetimes uh so let's hope everything goes smoothly and, and hopefully we can enjoy some fantasy football this year Absolutely. Marcus Grant, um, before we go, do you have anything that you would like to promote? Anything uh, that you've got going on? Uh, yeah, hang on. Let me let me take a deep breath. And get... <gasps> All right. So you can find me on the social media platforms, uh, usually Twitter and Instagram. Those are the best at Marcus G M A R C A S G. Uh, and then in terms of just my content, uh, look, we, we've got the NFL fantasy live show, which starts back for real, for real on Monday. It's five days a week. Uh, the easiest way to say it is just five days a week. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, although technically on Thursdays, it's 5 Eastern because of TNF. Um, just set your DVRs. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Uh, and yeah, everything else. Um, the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It is both a podcast and a digital streaming show, so you can download it wherever you download podcasts. You can find it streaming in the NFL Fantasy app. You can also find it streaming on NFL.com. And if that's not enough for you and you somehow missed all of that, you can go to our YouTube channel at NFL or at YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. I think that's it. I think I, I think I got through all of it there. <laughs> excellent, excellent. I am subscribed to every one of those. Um, I'll make absolutely sure to catch y'all's show and make sure y'all download the NFL fantasy app. Unbelievable. Yes, 
unbelievable stuff that they've got going on, man. What Derrick Henry can make your 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 trophies? Yeah, I mean, we got these like these sweepstakes. You, like you can you can do like a touchdown dance. I think develop a touchdown dance with DK Metcalf or Derrick yeah. Henry will will uh, you know kind of help you with your your trophy thing there. Um, and the app itself, man, I, I just got to give a shout out to our 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 development team, man, because uh, they have done some major work on this thing over the last couple of seasons. Like last year, uh, we, we kind of had a big upgrade. This year, they've gone through and they've changed some more things in there. So um, you know, th- those are the folks that, you know, you never see their faces, you never hear their names, but they put in a ton of work every off season to try to make this thing better. And so a huge shout out to that whole dev team for uh, all the work they've put in there. Yeah, fantastic job, man. Uh, I've always, I've always used NFL at least, at the very least, one of my leagues, and now I've got, man, ever since I started this, I think I'm in 12 leagues. <laughs> welcome. You're, you're, you're one of us now, so welcome. I'm trying to be, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, the NFL Fantasy app is phenomenal. They, they definitely upgraded it for sure. So easy. If I can use it, Marcus can attest. If you're looking at the computer like a like a dad, like with glasses, trying to figure this thing out. If I can figure it out, anybody can figure it out. Definitely download that. Use that. Get take advantage of all the perks. So please do. Yes, definitely. absolutely. All right, Marcus. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for being on the show. And um, hopefully one day, I'm coming for you, Rank. I'm hoping the <laughs> new bald bearded guy who's uh, who's your co-host on the show, man. I'm coming. There you go, man. There you go. All right, partner. Let's put a smile on that face. Tune in. This is where it's at. The Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. You know that we got it popping. Oh, yeah. That's apparent. Got a shout out to my homie, one and only Jay Parrish. Yeah. Tune in. You already know what's up. They call him the Fantasy Football Plug. It's time to turn it up. I bet you can't get enough. Got him bouncing like they in Louisiana, huh, bruh? Hey. The Fantasy Football Plug Podcast. Let's go.